0: Dear friends and dear community, uh, thank you very much for being here this this evening. It's really wonderful, uh, especially since it's uh, Corey's and my tenth anniversary today. So we're we're happy that you're all here celebrating with us. We thought what better way to celebrate than to than to give a talk. Um, but uh, we're going out tomorrow. So. Um, in thinking about how to go about this, there's so much uh, wrapped up in, uh, in not just the lamp transmission in the ordination, but also just in the trip itself. Um, so, uh, hopefully, be able to pull some pieces uh, and, and, um, so you can hear a little bit about the, the trip in addition to uh, the uh, lamp transmission. Uh, did not bring slides or slideshows, so. Uh. But um, I guess about two years ago, um, I was informed that uh, I had been nominated uh, for lamp transmission or the Dharma teacher ordination. And um, uh, we knew that Thich Nhat Hanh was in poor health and things were moving slowly, so it kind of fell away a little bit and um, just at the beginning of this year uh, maybe January, February, Corey and I were saying you know we really should get our passports in case something happens and uh, so we got passports for ourselves and the children and uh, about a month later uh, we got an email from Plum Village uh, saying please come this June for uh, the lamp transmission so we fortunately had that part prepared and then we had to organize uh, an international trip with uh, two young children and my parents uh, also were able to come with me uh, so they live in North Carolina and uh, in their 70s and they uh, so we were coordinating long distance and figuring out how to make all of that work but it came together and uh, we were able to uh, able to arrive in 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 Paris, and spend a few days there. and uh, and then soon after uh, went to Bordeaux and rented a car and drove uh, to uh, a carriage house uh, in a attached to a farm uh, just outside of the lower hamlet of Plum Village. Um, uh, Plum Village itself is not a contiguous monastery. Uh, there's three, at least three separate parcels, uh, two of which are, are quite close and one which is uh, quite a bit further, uh, maybe a 30, 40-minute car ride uh, from the other two. So Lower Hamlet, was uh, that's traditionally where the nuns stay. Uh, Upper Hamlet is where the monks uh, stay. So we were at this um, carriage house uh, with the six of us, just about a 20, 30-minute walk from Lower Hamlet. And um, and set up there for uh, for the week. Was, we arrived in the middle of the twenty one day retreat. Uh, this was the first time they had done the transmission uh, lamp transmission during uh, one of the large retreats. Uh, those are the. Um, some traditional summer retreats uh, very well attended. They had no accommodations there, which is one of the reasons we stayed off site. Uh, by the time we were in a place to make arrangements, uh, it, it it was completely full up. Um, so, uh, so it was right in the heart of that 21 day retreat of that practice time that um, we were able to to have the lamp transmission and. It was really a, a neat experience to be at that particular place in the monastery uh, in Lower Hamlet. We also got to go to Upper Hamlet and the New Hamlet. And uh, so grateful for our practice here and on retreats. Uh, it, it is so familiar for, uh, for Corey and I especially, but also for our kids who have been on a number of retreats. And uh, they were able just to sink right into the, to the flow and to the atmosphere and to, um, you know, they were able to to keep uh, relatively quiet for themselves and uh, um, so were we, I guess. And um, uh, and then my parents too, they had never been uh, to a monastery uh, before. They they had a little exposure to Buddhist practice uh, when they they came to. Uh, my chaplaincy ordination at the Upaya Zen Center, um, 2009, I think that was. So they had experienced a little bit of uh, practice environment, just not in this tradition. And one of my highlights of it was uh, my dad was quite tired um, uh, from the trip and from traveling, and he was just kind of sitting outside the monastery, you know, looking around at everybody, seeing these uh, people with shaved heads and brown robes, as well as, you know, lay people just kind of wandering around, smiling, quiet. And he said, you know, this is really nice. It's just, it's quiet. People are friendly. It was was really neat to see that, um, because uh, it's not my... um, is tradition, it's not a, a religion or spiritual tradition that I grew up in, and so uh, I was a little concerned about the perception that they might have, and um, I think because it's been uh, almost uh, 20 years of me being in the community, they realize well, he hasn't, like, sold everything and, you know, it's like, okay, it's not not quite a, a religious cult, but uh, that was their fear, though. And so it was really wonderful for for um, my father and mother to have that experience, also an experience that they never would have had otherwise. And so it was, it was a gift to have them there um, and to have, uh, you know, our immediate family uh, have the kids and... and my wife uh, and so in part of the preparation for uh, the lamb transmission uh, of uh, the process of um, the ordination the Dharma teacher ordination isn't necessarily a straight path uh, there's no um, application uh, that I fill out there's no um, Request made like, hey, how about now? You know, nothing like that. So it really um, goes back to the uh, tradition, the at least the Zen story of the tradition of uh, the Buddha's um, original transmission to the first uh, to the first person who would carry on the tradition, where it was a face to face, kind of heart to heart, rather than. Um, Rather than someone going through a certain number of steps in order to arrive there, so it was, uh, so that preparation, you know, that a little bit mysterious, a little bit not to its um, being part of the leadership uh, open way, but it is a mysterious process, and uh, it's not um, not a clear uh, course, and then of course. Um, it's extremely humbling uh, <laughs> to receive a, a message that you're invited to come for that um, It brings up all of those uh, anxieties that we all have. I'm not good enough it's not uh, um, you know maybe uh, maybe next year would be better <laughs> um, <laughs> have a little time to prepare um, and it's um and it, it brings up all of the, the doubt, the self-doubt, not the healthy Buddhist doubt, but the um, kind of unhealthy uh, <laughs> doubt. Um, and so part of my practice for working with that was uh, just to give it up to the sangha. It's not up to me. Um, and part of uh, the way that that decision is is arrived at isn't up to me. In fact, the entire decision isn't up to me. So actually, resting in that um, lack of a clear path. In other words, resting in the fact that this is out of my hands. It's um, it's the sangha. It's the continuation of of the sangha. So that was uh, a helpful practice to kind of for me to. I don't know about give up those doubts, but at least quiet them, um, and quiet that uh, um, that worry and that anxiety. And so, for the the ceremony itself, um, you are in, uh, requested to write an insight gatha, uh, a poem of demonstrating your understanding. Uh, and in turn, when you arrive and go through the uh, transmission, I'm using the words uh, ceremony and ordination and transmission interchangeably. Uh, but uh, when you go through that process, the um, monastic community then uh, writes a reply, uh, gata in reply to your um, to your poem, speaking, uh, speaking to their understanding of your understanding as well as... Uh, giving you places to continue to practice um, and so I, I, I'd like to share with you the um, those the, those two poems, those two gathas. Um and we have cards uh, to pass out that have those on them. Um, thank you to Rowan. Uh, If you've been around here and you see a a quarter sheet. Oh, this is one of the poorly printed ones here. If you see one of the uh, quarter sheets, you know that uh, Rowan has been involved. So I thank you for printing those up. So this is the insight gata that I submitted. Birth, life, death, a single breath. The dawn rests between night and day, all comes together again and again, heart to heart, hand in hand, we walk together for countless generations. Before I share the response, I'd like to just speak a little to that uh, gata, to where some of that came from. Um, so we're going to go back in time, uh, go kind of a we'll we'll leave this narrative and go to a slightly different one about where the uh, the narrative about the transmission and go into kind of this process and and. One of my struggles in practice is, um, well, maybe two of my struggles with practice <laughs> <laughs> are um, first uh, really getting stuck in ideas about practice. And um, what I mean by that is uh, hearing or reading a, a particular uh, concept, a particular teaching, uh, an encouragement for practice, and holding on to that uh, understanding of it rather than actually experiencing or using that practice. Um, and another one of my my struggles that's correlated to that, which is why I said there were two, is that uh, I like to be right, <laughs> <laughs> and I like to know things, <laughs> and so that div- that it becomes a difficulty for me in practice, that wanting to be right and knowing things, because then I want to to know this concept, uh, or know this practice, this teaching. And it gets in the way. Um, and I'm going to tell a little story about how it got in the way and how that, uh, I was able to work through it, and that's what started this um, this gata. And when I was working with... Uh, one of our hospice patients um, she was extremely open uh, and we were talking about um, about her dying. Uh, she was younger and had uh, um, uh, young adult children and uh, and it was a very rapid uh, um, cancer and so I was talking with her one day, and we had a close relationship at this point and um, And I don't remember how it came up, but I said something about uh, letting go, a very common uh, practice in our tradition. And she whipped around at me and looked at me and said, why on earth would I want to let go of my children? Um, And it it floored me, uh, because I thought I knew something about letting go. Uh, It was that... um, that knowing was getting in the way of um, my experience in connecting. Um, I don't think it was an inappropriate thing to say, but it, was, um, uh, it wasn't coming from a place of, of practice. It was coming from a place of thinking. And um, my response to that uh, wisely <laughs> was to say nothing um, at all. Uh, to sit there with that question with her in that space um, and to feel into um, what she was experiencing um, and to allow that that space uh, that we are experiencing together then to become a practice of letting go. So, the words were gone the um, that idea of letting go was, was was gone, and now we started to practice it together. Uh, could feel her practicing it, and I was too. I was thinking about my family and my children, uh, thinking about other people um, who were going through those experiences and what we came to together. Um, in that space, and I was able to, to give voice to, is that you know, when you are able to let go, not because we were thinking about letting go, but because we had just done it together. We just really let go. When you're able to let go, you actually receive, um, you know, your children. You receive what's around you now. Um, and we both got it <laughs> at that time. Um, and um, it was a really transformative uh, experience for me uh, to be very careful about the words that we say and, and having the um, the practice uh, behind it, um, not just the ideas of practice. And. Uh, because of of that experience with her, she was able to um, she was able to die It wasn't an easy uh, physical death, but spiritually it was uh, much easier for her um, to go because she was just resting in love and uh, letting go um, and then in that letting go receiving what was there um, and that uh I can't remember exactly when that was. It was maybe five, six years ago, uh, but that set me on um, on an exploration of specifically right view, um, the the Buddhist teaching that speaks um, particularly to uh, that I, that knowing that um, getting trapped in the ideas, and so. Um, It made me think about our practice not as something that, uh, you know, makes me a slightly better parent or husband or son, um, not as something that where I am calmer, but it really uh, showed me that it was a matter of life and death, um, very clearly. It's, um, and that's, of course, where that birth-life-death uh, part of the gata comes from is that that exploration, that understanding. Uh, the second part of the the second part, the dawn rests between night and day, um, a metaphor for me to remember that um, uh, not to get too stuck in one side or the other to find that place in the um, in the middle. Uh, that place that really is resting between these two ideas. Um, and the other piece of that uh, that, that came up is the, um, the... The insight for me about what truth might mean. Um, so I thought that I knew a truth about uh, letting go. Um, And so when I spoke that that truth, it wasn't a connection anymore. It was um, in the gata, it speaks of that heart-to-heart, hand-in-hand. That's what's really important, uh, is that connection. That um, the truth, uh, in our mindfulness trainings, it says truth will be found in life. Um, And... The truth isn't found in idea in an idea of letting go, but rather in that connection that we shared after that um, little bit of a uh, mis- a little bit of a flub on my part, um, because I had had an experience of letting go. I've had it with other people who are dying. I've had it myself, um, but I didn't have it with that person, and so it made me understand that these practices, these uh, teachings, aren't uh, truths that you can apply like rules. Uh, They're not things that you can um, uh, plug something into, something happens and you get a result. Well, I mean, you can, but the result might not be what you expect. Um, So um, it made me have an understanding that these practices uh, aren't universal truths about the world. Um, they are uh, tools. Uh, of course we know this, uh, we hear this, but uh, it wasn't understood um, by me. I didn't understand it quite yet. And we have. I, I noticed just in my own mind that when I have an experience of something, I want to be able to say what that experience was, but then very, very quickly after that experience, it wants to solidify into, now I know something about the world. And, uh, and it's a, it becomes a great cause of, um, of difficulty in myself, but also I think it's a great cause of difficulty in our world, that desire to take our experience and then say, now this is something that I can say definitely is true about the world. Um, and so, um, in the Gata, it speaks about that all comes together again and again. Uh, that's getting at this idea that these these experiences, this all this interconnection just happens all the time, continuously. It's not a... Um, Uh, it's not something static. In fact, it it can't be anymore. Uh, And then that experience of touching into that um, uh, understanding helped me um, connect back to uh, our generational teachers that have been talking about this stuff forever. They write about it, I've read about it, but I guess um, it takes a while. Uh, to sink in. Uh, and so that's where the um, walk together with countless generations. So the heart-to-heart, hand-in-hand, for me was one of the crucial pieces of um, rem- reminding myself that this practice is about uh, what's it, who's in front of us, what's in front of us, uh, and not about what I think about what's in front of us, um, or who's in front of us. And- That's a a mini version of the talk that I would have given at Plum Village if they would have had us give talks. Um, (laughs) In the past, uh, when uh, someone was uh, ordained um, that they would uh, offer a 10- to 15-minute talk about their uh, insight Gata, this year um, they chose not to do that, uh, partly because there were 26 people who were... uh, receiving the lamp, or ordaining, 12 from the U.S., um, and then 14 from uh, Europe. And um, and it was all lay people. The monastics uh, had done their ordinations uh, in March, so they had already done their, um, their ceremony. Uh, but um, because it was during the 21-day retreat and it was already taking up two days, they uh, chose not to have us uh, give talks, which... Um Which was fine um, um, and uh, they broke it up into morning and afternoon, six people in the morning, six people in the afternoon, and then the next day same thing and our slot was uh, first uh, on the last afternoon, so second day so um also, while we were in Paris, I received an email from one of the monastics who was coordinating it, uh, saying that we needed to have two attendants to help us, uh, and I didn't <laughs> prepare for that. Um, but luckily, I brought people with me. So um, we actually had three attendants, because uh, Thatcher, my eight-year-old, and uh, Nico, who is five, and Corey uh, were able to be the attendants of the, of the ceremony. Um, Thatcher's role was to carry my uh, uh, gata that I had written, and then Nico and Corey were carrying the the lamp. Um, the lamp transmission is an actual lamp. Um, I brought a visual aid. <laughs> um, and um, so they they light a lamp on the ancestor altar with the. Um, Calligraphy of all of the people from the time of the Buddha uh, till the present um, written out um, uh, Just in a, a large calligraphy above that and so they they have a ceremony um, where they play a, a large drum and bell and uh, at, on Tuesday night Peggy had shared that um, about what a month and a half ago and um, we can share that another time but um so they light that lamp, and they carried it to an empty platform in the center, uh, which was Thich Nhat Hanh's seat. Uh, he was in Thailand and unable to travel. Um, and so they, they brought that ancestral amp directly to his seat. And then on the, um, I guess it would have been on uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's right, uh, was a nun who was um, ordaining, and on the left, uh, she was the abbess of the lower hamlet and then on his left was the um, the monk who was the abbot of Upper Hamlet, who were doing the transmissions. And they did rearrange a little bit, um, particularly for uh, translation purposes. Sometimes uh, the uh, person didn't speak um, English or Vietnamese, and uh, so they had someone, uh, one of the monastics who could. And uh, we go up and read the gata, uh, and then the um, monastic receives it, uh, reads it, uh, offers a little commentary on it, uh, and then they say they accept it. Um, and then uh, they offer the response, and I'll share with you the response. Um, before I do, there are two words in here um, that reflect my um, ordination name, which I received in 2005 uh, when I ordained into the Order of Interbeing. Uh, so that Name is true abiding in peace. Um, Chan Chu true abiding in peace. And so the gatha contains uh, um, the word abode, uh, reflecting abiding, and the word peace. From that. Right mindfulness is the safest abode. Right view is the source for peace in the world. Coming back to our true home, Mother Earth, we care for the future generations. So during that, um, during that about ten or so minutes, uh, Corey and the boys uh, had to sit in high kneeling position, um, which is pretty remarkable. That's uh, that's where uh, you know you're, you're kneeling, but um, you're, you're not kneeling sitting down on your feet you're standing up straight and um, Thatcher told me later that his legs were really hurting after that <laughs> but uh, uh, and then uh, Nico's job was to carry the lamp unlit um, and then after the um, after the transmission um, Nico handed the lamp to me. I handed it to the monastic who then, um, lit this lamp off of the uh, ancestral lamp, Um, and then we returned to our seats, uh, and um, with the lit lamp, and then the next people go up, it was um, really a beautiful, powerful experience, and as I said, it was very humbling, um, especially standing uh, by that ancestor altar, um, and seeing that list of names, it felt like a... I mean the only thing practice that I can do, the real practice is to let go in that place, and just it's the sangha um, and so I still don't know what it all means um, <laughs> still kind of working on that uh um resting i'm resting in the um in that humility, um, and part of the gift of um, kind of feeling that overwhelm that almost short-circuits you and you have no choice but to give it up, uh, to let go, is um, I just feel so much the support of this community, um, our local community, our uh, national and our international community, um, as well as uh, the family support and that was something that although my parents have known about this practice for a long time, uh, known about my involvement with it I should say, it was uh, that really brought it home to have them there um, engaging in, in that ceremony and my father made a really wonderful observation too. He says, you know, religious ceremonies are all kind of the same. they've got the opening hymn you know referring to the bells and the drum. He's like they have like some ritualized stuff like people say things and do things It's all very uh, um, not necessarily choreographed, but it is very kind of ritualized and uh, it, was, it was neat to hear that too to hear that observation um, because it did make it feel more um, more universal uh, rather than um, you know, something specific. So I really appreciate you all coming uh, tonight to hear a little bit about that. Uh, I'm going to send, um, if the video's uh, small enough, I'll try and send it to either Nicole or Steve to put up on the um, Open Way website. There's a video of the transmission where you can hear the uh, monastic and... Uh, giving, um, giving his, his talk and things like that. Um, if we can't, we'll, there is a YouTube link to it. It's a kind of a private channel, so it, uh, it's not publicly available, but we can share it in the, in the Sangha on the website uh, so that you can see that. But I wanted to share more kind of uh, what my process was in, in coming to this and, and coming here. And just how thankful I am for all of you and for, um, and for family and for, uh, and of course for uh, Open Way for, for being here, you know, much under uh, Rowan's leadership over the years and um, uh, making this community so that it, we can go here, we can go to Plum Village, we can go to Deer Park, we can go to other communities, and it just it feels so uh, at home.